Welcome back to the movement, everybody. Today, I got one of my brothers. Thir- what are we at? 13, 14 years now? It has to be, man. Yeah, it's been a long time. One of my brothers from way back in the days. Actually, when my nickname was originally was Disney. Walt Disney used to call me back in the days. He's a very special man. One of the top-rated agents in the city. Icon three times, going on four. So it's a pleasure to have one of my fellow kings, Ahmed Muharram. How are you, my brother? Thank you for having me, Joey. That's well, a pleasure, man. So it was, uh, I can't even believe it taking this long, huh? It's been a very long time. No, for sure. I and know your real estate oh. business is really busy. That's it. You know what I mean? But it's finally as if we got you on. No, man. It's uh, It's been good. And again, thank you for having me and the, and the opportunity. Uh, just wanted to say I'm very proud, uh, proud of you for, for putting this to your head and saying, you know, you want to accomplish something like this. And, well, I appreciate and here it, we bro. are. Sean? My man behind the camera, thank you. That's Sean the Don that I was talking about. <laughs> what are we smoking on, Joey? Tell how us. did we, bro? Tell them their origin stories on how we met. All right. You got to tell us what we're smoking on first. You know why here. I'll let you light up. All right. The origin. Well, what a story. <coughs> it goes way back. Black Ops. Which one? Call of Duty Black Ops, the first one. Man. Did you believe that? I didn't even meet you directly. I met you through a group of your, your old friends. Isn't that wild? That's it. We Dude. literally met through a video game. Red Monkey Ames. That's Red it. Monkey, your cousin. That was a wild time. But you know, it's crazy how things have changed, man. If you think about what life was like back in the days and what we're looking at today. I was the most confused gamer in the world, by the way. But like, it made sense, but for the persona... Yo, you know this whole time I didn't real I'm not even wearing my watch or my ring. No, bro. <laughs> Don't cut it, but fuck me, man. There goes oh, my okay, staple. Okay, go put it on. It's okay. We'll put it back on. It's fine, bro. We have time. You look too naked, bro. Why did she say? I that? felt it uh, for a second while I was talking. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before the cigars, uh, about to do a quick costume change. Forgot the watch and the ring. <sighs> You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be on a beautiful edit. Thanks to my guy, Sean the Don over there. Sean, I couldn't do it, guys. I don't know what to tell you. You know, I just came out of the house in the backyard. I got too comfortable. I don't know what to say, you know, but um, talk about finding the right friends, man. It's what it is, man. Isn't it crazy? We started this entire operation in, what, 2016? Earlier than that. Earlier than that. In the war room? That's it. I was in, in, in the tw- real war room before Andrew Tate? I love Andrew yeah, Tate. Let's have to go back, man. I think we were talking 2012, man. 2012-2013 started up the operation in the war room in the war room general waffles we had not a dollar to our name started up entire businesses you real estate that i was, started doing contracting that was 2016 is when i was in the schooling process when i met you you're oh you're going for uh, would you say 2012 yeah oh, that's way too early 2012 man i had diamond logistics at that time actually a long time i had a different business at that time you were assembling furniture Exactly. <laughs> I was doing the IKEA deliveries. I had the contract for the IKEA deliveries and assembling the furniture, which fucking sucked. You know what I mean? Yeah, they worked too like a dog, man. I remember. But that. it sucked. It was the crazy, the demographic. I remember you had to build bunk beds in a room. There's like six kids in this one small room. <laughs> like, yeah, what the hell? Great. All policies. Are, but I'm like, yo, you know what? There was the pay was good. The pay was good for a while. Then the problem with all these contracts, like what they do is they try to renegotiate after. Yeah. And then they completely cut the gross margins on it. And you're like, well, it's not worth it anymore. For yeah. Crazy how far we've come, man. 
It's been a really long time. Humble beginnings, though. Humble beginnings. Humble beginnings. Oh, you know what? Let me ask you something. What was your friendships like before? You know, growing up through high school and, and even those days, I was very selective on who I had. I mean, didn't really have too big of a circle. I like to kind of keep to myself. I mean, coming from a gamer background, I mean, I'm sure we've all had moments like that. Uh, I was very selective on, on who I had, but I did spend the majority of my time uh, through video games and, um, you know, sitting down after work, you know, grinding out the games. It's kind of what, I'm a gamer guy growing up, you know, it's kind of cool. But You know, it's crazy if you actually think about it. I don't remember if I, I think I read a statistic or something like that, something to do about gamers and certain like RPG style games that uh, they're actually bre they're better problem solvers because the whole point is you're supposed to solve the puzzle or the or whatever the storyline is or yep. you have to try to get to the next plot and how do you do that you got to navigate on your own you got to do this that and the third <laughs> and I'm like bro that's so wild literally I'm like that's and crazy. we were the best at what we used to do man, man we were top, top shelf top leaderboards at the mm -hmm. time man so you know I know people that kind of look at gaming and they're like oh a waste of time and this but man I'm very thankful for the game that got me through most of what I went through a lot of blast man what do you mean every time we used to jump into a lobby oh, bro they God. would already be kept what are they what do they call that spawn camp <laughs> spawn camp we come and destroy the whole spawn camp and just take over it was hilarious yeah. man I think at one time I was ranked like 56 in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 in the world and really yeah yeah sabotage was uh, that was the best response traveling but uh, you know good times man honestly got us it got me through. I don't know about you, but it got me through a lot of my, you know, hardships and things like that as growing up as a kid. So, because I remember you were getting bullied in high school. Right? Yeah, Even man, before that, right? I wasn't really too open about that kind of stuff, but uh, you know, as far as I can remember, I was bullied pretty much my whole life. You know, not to get too deep into it, but. Uh, you know. But how did that affect you, anyways? Though. Oh my God. You know. Like, were you ever an like a introvert or an extrovert? No, never, never extroverted. I was very introverted, you know, and growing up, like, I was very quiet to myself, just wanted to kind of finish the day, go home, uh, you know, play my games, whatever. And I was very big into soccer at the time as well. So if I wasn't playing, you know, video games, I kind of, I like to play soccer and things like that, but uh, as a goalkeeper, but... Uh, yeah, right, you just fucking threw out your back like three years ago. yeah. No, should have seen it, Sean. You should have seen this guy's ass, man. Bro, he looked like an old man. You know, he was only like 26. I'm like, holy smokes. Remember that hunchback they had for a bit? L3 to L6. That man. was the worst. That's it. Out of nowhere. That's it. That was like a world-class, uh, World Cup save. Dive to my left. Okay. God. I had okay. to roll off the field. All my friends were there. They remembered. Okay. <laughs> I won't lie. I was a striker. I was never a goalie. Yeah. But why did you like it? So you feel like video games took you away from the real life shit? Is that what it was? You know, I'll be very honest. Yeah, really, and I, and I really did enjoy it. Uh, at the time, uh, you know, playing various MMOs, uh, Call of Duty. I didn't want to fucking hear World of Warcraft, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, You're no, a wild guy, I wasn't a wild guy. Yeah, you know, finished school at three o'clock, you know, if I wasn't going to work from three to 11, it was straight up home for the grind. I'm not even ashamed about it either. <laughs> no, what do you mean? I was doing the same thing. You know, but I, like I said, it ties back to the critical thinking aspect and thinking outside the box. And, you know, these games had economies and things, right? So that's kind of where I learned majority of my trading, you know, real life stuff. Yeah. Stock trading, investing, the economy. And that's kind of where it started to spark my interest. Interesting. You know? And I'll talk touch base on that a little bit later. That's very interesting. Yeah. So what, what was your friends group at that time during the bullying time? 
Like, do you feel like that played? Like, was there no friends or was there was there friends? You know, I had, I had a small circle. I could honestly count on one hand, you know, how many good friends I said I'd have. Um, but at the time, this is whatever. Like, they weren't, uh, you know, the party crowd. I was never into that kind of stuff. Uh, they were gamers as well. Little Did they ever defend you or anything like that when you're getting bullied? Listen, man, you got nerds standing up against, you know, knights and, and big guys, you know. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's a fucking shame, man. Uh, it's okay. It's a shame. It's, it's who we are. Do you still keep in touch with any of these guys? Honestly? Joey, it's been a while. Wow. Got now you're getting the residue, right? Eh? Now you're a cigar, cigar smoker. He's a cigar smoker. I'm a, shika, I'm a shisha guy. So your viewers, let them know. <clears throat> Get it twisted. Make the best shishas for you. Number one. What do you mean? He goes dark leaf. Number with the, oh, We only have actually one watches number. the reviews. We only have one number one. Oh, that's David Diabetes. Can't even say that name anymore. Now he gets mad, eh? Retired. Daoud Sukeri. You might get canceled, bro. What a gangster like name, eh? That's David it. Diabetes, if that bothers him. <laughs> My nickname was Walt Disney was the first one. Just like David Diabetes was his first one. Like, yeah. why would you shun that? Oh, I love Disney. Yeah? When I see somebody, they hit, I remember like a couple times they hear like, yo, Disney? I'm like, what the f- Hey, what the hell? Holy shit. When you're calling me Disney, that means you know me way back, bro. Like, you're talking childhood days. Listen, it's 2023. You might get canceled or trademarked. For the Walt Disney thing? For the Walt Fuck Disney Fuck that. Thing. I'm the original Walt Disney. <laughs> Fuck that, bro. I was putting out content for kids, adult, whatever you want. That's how it was. Yeah. So let's say this. Did, ever, did you ever get resentful towards your friends at that time? I mean, my friends, no. Like I said, we, sp- we spent the majority of our times. And when we did used to hang out, you know, we'd all have, you know, a little click. Uh, but most of it was actually spent online, you know. And when we did get together, you know, at school and things like that after hours, uh, we spent a lot of time together. Yeah, like I said, on one hand, maybe three, three to five of them. So when you realized it, like, what, what was the turning point for you? When you realized there was finally a problem, like, you know what, I'm not, enough's enough. I got to do something about this. You know, it, it happened actually after high school. Oh, yeah? It happened after high school. Okay. Uh, when I went into college, right, I was 17 years old. It wasn't even legal, right? And I'm, I'm sitting in with classmates, and these guys are all between the ages of, like, 20. Some of the people are 35. And I'm 17. In college? In college. I'm not Fuck. even legal, Joey. People are going to the auditorium at the time. I got from college where, you know, where they hung out, played billiards, had a bunch of drinks and pints together, and... You know, it was embarrassing. I couldn't go with them. It's like, hey, Ahmed, come with us. You know, and I, I can't go. Like, what oh. do I say? They don't know my age, and I'm too, I'm too ashamed to tell them my age. Was this when you're trying to do that police foundation shit? Yeah, that was after high school. Breaking the law, trying to be a cop, eh? Jeez. Good types. Was met, it? Met a lot of nice people in that time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the time you feel like you changed. Yeah, I felt like. 17. What was the catalyst, though? Catalyst. Yeah. Mm. So like, you realize the turning point. You're like, enough's enough. In college, you changed. Yep. I said, I don't want to be that guy anymore. I said, this isn't my destiny. You know, I, I truly feel like I was put on this earth for a different reason. And, you know, take care of my family to be, you know, be a successful, you know, man in this day and age. And, you know, it's very hard with the, especially look around you with what we're going through, right? So, but at the time, I felt like I wanted to be bigger and better than what was in front of me. You know, and I, I started to get this ambition. I wanted to start succeeding. I wanted to escape, you know, the, the mice wheel, the rat wheel, as, we, as, as they call the it, right? Wheel, so yeah. how do I get rid of the hamster wheel? 
right? What and were you doing at that time? Honestly, I was, unfortunately, I was going through the motions. I was going through the hamster wheel. I was go to school, get a job, get educated, work a nine to five. And I said, just, this isn't it. At the time, I actually enrolled in Carleton University, got some, you know, a couple of credits in psychology. I said, well, is there really another four to five years of, of, of university education on my cards or is there something else out there? Right. So at the time, I had various role models in my life and wanted to join the Ottawa Police Service or the RCMP, kind of whatever wanted to take me first. Uh, so what made you want to join the police? Honestly, I wanted to make a difference in my community. Like, uh, you know, going through what I went through and, and I started to get this mental toughness after I endured all that stuff. And really, when I sat down with myself, I said, I'm not going to be that guy anymore. And I don't want this to happen to other people. I want to, you know, be able to reflect that into the community, bring good onto others, make a difference in my community, right? As, you know, coming from a Muslim culture, uh, you know, we believe in, in helping those around us, right? We believe in giving back to the needy. We believe in, in contributing, being a good person, right? And I'm not going to get into the full religious spiel of this. Uh, no, that was just the factor yeah, that drove you into doing yeah, what you're doing. you know, and, and again, could sound corny. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure you talked to men. Many people will Not say the at all. Same. I think people are actually lacking faith, to be honest. I feel like that's Whatever too. their religion is, I feel like they're just lacking faith nowadays. You know, maybe there wouldn't be so much you know, chaos and corruption and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. People would always realize that there was a supreme being that's actually watching at all times. Even if you don't think anyone else is watching, someone else is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going by the teachings, stuff like that, yeah. whatever, it's, whatever scripture that is. Yeah, so go back to... to, to go so back bullying to is yeah. what pushed you into being a cow? Yeah, pretty much. And Let me ask you this then. Yeah. What would you change if you were able to go back in time? What would you tell your younger self about the whole bullying situation? Like, what would you have done if you were able to go back in time with what you know now? Honestly, get freaking get jacked, get in a better mental state, and then stand up for yourself. I love how they try to cancel Andrew Tate when all he does is say the same shit. It's, it's ridiculous. Be a good productive member of society, no, go work out, get in better shape. You know what I mean? I remember that time I was reading this email. And they were saying how this guy was suicidal. And then he's like, Yo, he's like, basically, in other words, he's like, do me a, make me a promise. Go get yourself a six pack and let me see if you still feel the same way. Honestly. Meaning you have to go through the motions, though. I feel like a lot of people don't understand, like, the larger, the larger narrative and context. Like, if you're, if you're going to get a six pack, it's not because you just got a six pack. A, discipline. There's eight diet, to a year of discipline. Drive, grit. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It, uh, it really comes out of discipline. Yeah. Because let's be honest, half the time when people go to the gym, they're like, I don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. But I have to. Have it's to. a regiment. You're getting yourself into regiments. Have you to. know what I mean? Same thing with our entrepreneurship lifestyle. Oh, that's it's, a rough you one. You have to do the certain things that's required to succeed. There's a, there's a formula. All right? And you have to look up to the people around you that have made it. What are they doing? What's this? There's no secret recipe. There's no magic pill. It's discipline. It's grit. It's getting the job done, even though you don't want to do it. Would that's you, right. Yeah. Everybody feels like, you know, they always want, they look for these gurus. I feel like that's what the gurus prey on, eh? As they'll tell, oh, you know what? I've done this and I've made X amount of money. Exactly. $1,100, no contract. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Half your shit's garbage anyways. Oh, man. The Forex traders are the worst. The crazy. You know what's crazy? Sean, how many times do these guys now start following the page and they keep messaging us about trading and investing nowadays? It's annoying. It's completely annoying. They're playing on the emotional. Bro, I got how we have what are we, what is there? Five businesses, six businesses I have. Yeah. You don't think I know how to put some money down? And at the end of the day, all my financial advice comes from you, Sammy, 
like Sam or Tommy, our accountant, Diesel. Like the whole point is to create a network. See, that's what I wanted to talk about, actually. Yeah. Like about creating a network and the right friends to push you into the right directions. Because I feel like a lot of people, it's like almost like that saying, misery loves company. Which it really does, yeah. right? So at the end of the day, if, you, if you're around negativity all the time, yeah. and all that person does is nagging bitch, yeah. all it's going to end up doing is going to affect you anyways. Bro. Absolutely. So you're not immune to it. Absolutely. Even if you're the most positive guy in the world. And you are similar to the closest five people to you. Everyone knows that. I love that Dan Pena yeah. video. When he's like, you want to know why your life's so fucked up? Look at the bums you hang out with. That's it. You know what I mean? That's it. In your 30s, 40s. You know what the crazy part is? It's as if society tries to tell you in the beginning. I feel like this is the crazy part to me about school. Is the fact that they act like you should, you're supposed to have everything together and know exactly what you're going to do by the age of 18 before you go to, to university. Yeah. Like as if er, there's nothing that's set in stone. It's the hamster you know wheel. I mean? Exactly. It's, it's crazy. the hamster wheel. You know? It's crazy. And I try to be as natural as possible. I don't, you know, if they, if they want to, they, I feel like with the public, they just want to get whatever the problem is. They don't want to treat it with health. You know, go get healthy, drink, you know, good teas and go to the gym, take care of yourself, take care of your mental health, right? It's, it's just a matter of what's the pill and how am I going to take it and how much is it going to cost me and how fast are the results going to come? I'm very distracted by my son. <laughs> Hi, Baba. That's hilarious. You know, it's actually open for a moment like that. I just, I, I just, anyways. Hey, man. I love when I see. As soon as he pops up, he gets so happy. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sure he's your big why in life. And that's, if, that's what I feel like as an entrepreneur. We have to have a why, right? I remember when I joined ACN, that's what they said. I remember that was one of the biggest features. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, I don't care. People made money. They didn't make money. I don't care about that. But the lesson behind it was, that I remember you used to say, the why that can make you cry will show you how to do it. And it made a lot of sense. For me, a lot of it, to be obviously now it's my son and my family. Yeah. But it was always my parents before that. Yeah. Right? I used to watch my dad. My dad used to work 20-hour days, six days a week. Yeah. From 6 a.m. till 2 a.m. You know, and I'm like, I never want to see my dad struggle like this again. He was taking care of his family back home. We yeah. never had a dollar. You know, we lived hard times. Yeah. But whatever, at the end of the day, that's what builds resilience. That's what builds character. Absolutely. You can't build resilience and character when you have everything spoon-fed to you, you know? Absolutely. I'm not talking shit about the ones that have. They can't control their, they can't control their environment anyways. If you come from wealth, you come from wealth. But at the end of the day, it's what you do with that wealth and the character of the person you become. You know? Yep. But how would you, you know what, let's talk about, uh, compare your friends group from before and now. How much of a difference would you, oh, would you say? massive. There? Now it's, you What know, does your circle look like now? Oh, man, now it's, uh, I'm very grateful for my sphere, honestly. My, my sphere of influence and my circle. You know, I hang out probably with the same five to seven guys and uh, I got professionals around me at all times i got lawyers i got amazing you know contractors construction companies mortgage agents just all around good people that i've been you know so blessed to be around in the last eight years uh just pushing each other forward egging each other on to do better things and you know not it's it's honestly amazing really life-changing you guys obviously collaborate big time Big time. Lots of collaboration. Always always wake up every morning talking to each other on how we can be the better version of ourselves. Who started the Mindset Monday meetings? Honestly, Mindset Mondays came from uh, Ali Abbas, one of my partners, and I. We just kind of sat down and we said, listen, like everyone knows humans love physical interaction. And 
I mean, we saw it in 2020 to 2022, like just being in front of a screen at all times. Like there's no personal interaction. There's no, there wasn't enough of this, you know, and that's kind of where Mindset Monday started. And, you know, Ali and I were one of the first six, seven agents in Ottawa at the time at, with eXp Realty. And uh, we said, we want to build this. We want to build a very synergistic organization where we can all sit down together, you know, succeed together, win together. Right. And that's where Realtors Helping Realtors came from. I so, love that, by the way. Yeah. I, what an industry disruptor. You know what? Before, since now we're going to get into the real estate topic anyways, how did you get into the real estate? Yeah, so I'm a licensed real estate broker in Ottawa, full service real estate agent. Uh, it's been about eight years. So I did my courses in uh, May 2016 as a fully, you know, graduated. Uh, how it all started was crazy. And this is this is one of those stories that, you, you know, you're going to be telling your, your kids, your grandkids at some point. You know what I mean? It's like you're in one path of life. You know, God puts you in front of good people and puts you on a path. And I, I don't ever, you know, dispute that path. I'm walking that path for a reason. And in, in and around my uh, Algonquin College days, when I was actually on the path of becoming a police officer, I felt like this was my destiny. Right. I want to go serve. I want to serve the public, do good things, good people, protect the community. And then I got hit with a curveball. So I'm working at Starbucks at the time. Um, Kick-ass barista, by the way. Yeah, you definitely uh, know how to make a damn good coffee. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Lattes, cappuccinos. I don't even like coffee. You made, I remember that one you made at Cora's. Oh. Oh, my God. By the way, Ahmed owns one of the Cora's on, what's the address? 1355 Unit 1, Richmond go, Road. Go check them out. Lincoln Fields. They'll make you the best coffee. I don't even like coffee. All right, so continue with your barista stories. That's it. So, yeah, Starbucks, honestly, that was the changing point in my life. It changed my life. Uh, I was there just trying to pay bills. You know, I think I was making $12 an hour at the time, 13 bucks an hour, whatever the minimum wage was at the time. And, you know, I'm happy, you know, I was doing 5 a.m. shifts. So I was up at 425 to catch my bus, get there for five, make, make sure everything's fresh. That's dedication at that, yeah. at that age. But you know who I saw coming in the doors at 6 a.m.? Business people. Business people, entrepreneurs, lawyers, doctors, ready to start their day. I'm like, man, one day I want to be like one of them, right? And the catalyst to go back to this was uh, Tom Fountain. You're, you're going to be shouted out here. Don't worry. But uh, three months in, you know, uh, things just kept moving. I kept meeting amazing people, lawyers, realtors, you name it. Uh, All walks of life. Yeah, it's uh, life is truly beautiful. You just have to see it that way, you know. And uh, you know, at the time, uh, Tom and uh, his uh, his wife Martha used to come in for coffees, and just daily interactions. You know, I kept making them their lattes, hand delivering it to them, heating up their biscuits, whatever they wanted. Right. So that's where you got the hand personal touch was from Starbucks. The way you implemented it. I felt yes. You have to go above and beyond. You really do, right? And obviously, we had a feedback system where, you know, you had to leave good reviews about your barista and things like that. So I, I started there. I'm like, you know what? I want to excel. I want to be better than those around me and, and, you know, contribute to a healthy environment. So at the time, Tom, Tom took note of this. And again, I'm just a guy on the journey of life, paying my bills, want to pay off my student education so I can go become a police officer or RCMP, whatever it was at the time. And uh, Tom completely sh- shook my world. He kept telling me, he's like, you're made for real estate. I'm like, Tom, like, really? You know, I'm not made for real estate. I'm like, I don't want to sell houses. Houses are boring to me at the time, right? No way. Yeah. I'm like, 
whatever. They all look the same. You know, obviously, then you get your. You just wanted family. to be a gunslinger. Eh? I just again, I wanted to serve the community and really do good, right? And um, Tom's like, "Go get your license," and I'm like, "Tom, I don't want to get my license." You know, so a year goes by. He's still telling me every single day, every time he sees me, did you start your courses? Ahmed, did you start your courses? I'm like, no. Finally, after a year of the harassment, I started my courses. And here we are today. That's crazy. Because of that one man who to this day, I consider my mentor. And we, we're still close. I like Tom. I remember I even met him at your wedding too, right? He came to the wedding. Him and Martha, beautiful human beings. No, beautiful I think I met him there. I remember you telling me yeah. about him. But it's crazy how even till that's been this long and you could still think of that one person. You know what I mean? Obviously, we have our parents who are our role models, you know, but there's always that one person that holds such a significant place in your heart. Right? I, yeah, I think that's a lot of what people are missing nowadays is the fact that, that just that sense of humanity, that, you know, just being kind to one another, Yep. you know, like you can always still be a shark and do whatever you got to do. But yeah. at the same time, you can still be kind. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You can. As an example, if you see, you know, give some kind of reassurance, tell somebody to go try something out. Like, I remember I just had that the other day. We were talking about starting a business. And I'm like, in today's day and time, there's absolutely no reason why you can't, if you wanted to. Only if you wanted to, you know. There's so many different tools and AI has made it very easy to create so many different things. You can get all the tools in the world. But if you still lack the dedication, if you still lack. That's only if you want. You're right. The thing is, is if you don't want to open up a business, a lot of people just like the nine to five. You can't hate on those guys anyways because they're building your dream regardless. Yeah. You know? But a lot of people, like, I can't personally go back to working for anybody else. Yeah. I can't. No, me, I'll never. As soon as I've tasted the entrepreneur life, I, uh, I'll never be able to go back. Like, look, it's 11.50. We're sitting down here. Well, I mean, don't get us wrong. Like, our phones are blowing up. Do not disturb. It's a, it's a blessing. I got to turn my phone over because yeah, I can't stand it. It's bad, man. I'm starting to be like, I really want to pick up the calls. Oh, man. So Tom found pushing to that way, eh? That's amazing, man, that people are still doing stuff like that. You know what I love about that generation is they have this very nice touch. This nice, they have like a very nice it's suave personal. personal touch. It's the generation of without electronics, which don't, doesn't even go back that far. I think we started getting electronics, what, in the 2000s? That were accessible, not like phone. I'd say like 2000, what, I don't know. If yeah. I, I'd say 2006, seven. you started getting Blackberries and stuff like that. Oh, come on, bro. You don't remember the OG Your Nintendo 64s? Technical difficulties, folks. Don't I remember the what? The OG Nintendo 64s, okay. come on. Bro, of course. Who doesn't remember Mario 64? 007. Come on, man. GoldenEye? Oh, my God. Those Mario. Those are the days, man. Those See? are different days. Gamers, but you, man. But you know what? There was no online aspect. You had that four controllers, and you know, you just sit there. And I don't remember. I don't know about you, but like me and the cousins and stuff would play, and we'd get so pissed off on who's winning, like Nintendo, like uh, Super Smash Brothers. And it would always be like the same two people that would win, me and my brother. We'd be just, like actually physically fighting the cousins because they get so pissed off for beating them up. Yeah, man. All good times. But those are the best parts. It's like you when you got bored, whatever. You go outside. Get the guys together, play some manhunt, play some sports, right? That's what the generation has completely shifted. That's a fact. Oh, man. Dude. You know what? The one thing I find about technology is that's incredible is everything is now at your fingertips. And if you really want to find something, you can. But at the same time, the danger of it, I find, is the fact that it's really killing the personalities of people because nobody is as personal anymore. Oh, man. Right? Uh, There's no real communication skills anymore. I yep. feel like that's completely gone out the window. 
But I think COVID unfortunately destroyed the sentiment of, of people. The social erosion was a thing that they used to talk about. And, and you know, we're real men real, talking about real problems. Let's, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? It's like Social erosion is a very big thing. And I feel like the clients and, and the people on a daily day, day-to-day basis, even as something as simple as holding open the door for somebody at the supermarket, like they don't even say thank you. They're not courteous anymore. Oh, I'm petty. I'll just flat out. Do yeah, it. You're, yeah welcome. you're welcome. Exactly. Yeah, like 100%. ridiculous. 100%. You know, and it's just there's a social uh, social autopilot aspect. And again, I can't really put a finger on it, but I feel like they're just floating. You know what I mean? They're again, it's 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 the hamster wheel mentality. And again, not nothing against people on that, but again, as someone who has tasted the entrepreneurship lifestyle, where every morning I wake up, I'm held accountable. I'm doing things to better my future, my family's future, my mental health, which is also a massive topic that we talk about with the boys all the time. You know, you can get caught up. You know, it's crazy. I talk to a lot of millionaires. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, obviously there's smart money and big money in real estate. Same in, same in the trades. And a lot of the, I remember I actually talked about, I talked to one of this, I don't want to start naming names anyways, maybe later on in life, but he's a very big developer. And I remember we were having a chat, and then I said, uh, what's your secret? Like, how do you have the same attitude every day, you know? Just out of curiosity. You know me, I have a very sharp, strong mental mind, you know? But, yeah. And he's like, I go to therapy. What? Crazy. I'm like, you go to therapy? He's like, yeah. Okay, let's talk about it. And you know, in the Arab world, therapy is completely shunned, eh? And then I'm like, why do you go to therapy? He's like, it's not because I have issues. It's always to keep me on top of my game. To make sure my mind's always right. Yep. You know what I mean? And I, I found that very interesting. And then basically your biggest, your biggest asset, your biggest tool that you have is your mind. Yep. And only you can control what goes in and out of that. Yep. Nobody has any outside influence. Only you can really control your mind. If you can master your mind, it's yep. a completely different ballgame. Absolutely. That's when you get on like that grand master level. But I thought that was very interesting. Because I'm like, you know what? If you put it together, your body, you take care of that. It's your temple. Right? Better eating, all that other stuff. Even the water that you consume. All that other stuff, right? That's why I always found whenever people go on vacation to like the Middle East and stuff like that, they come back and they feel healthier. Why? Because the air is better. The food is better. There's no uh, Monsanto uh, pesticides and all that other shit. You know what's crazy about that? I remember when I used to go, when I used to be a door-to-door sales guy, I remember we used to go door to door selling HVAC and all that other stuff. And we used to also sell like water osmosis machines and pH machines like um, Kangen water and stuff like that. And I remember one of our experiments that we used to do with the client, we used to have four plastic cups. And then one of the plastic, like, so two of the plastic cups, we'll fill them up with fruits of whatever that they had in the fridge. And then basically one with tap water, one with Kangen water. Right, and then we whatever we start having a chat. You know, it's kitchen table talks. You know, you're trying to sit there and you try to sway the customer, trying to show them different stuff. Yep. Amongst other tests, but this one always used to stand out to me. Yep. And then once you're finished, you go. You have to dump the water into two other separate cups. Remember, there's four. Yep. And then you do, and then the one with the tap water kind of just looks a little murky, but the one that comes from the Kangen water, that 11.5 pH, it looks like a very like a bleach. And the whole point is, is that really washes and rinses the shit that's off the, the fruits and the stuff that you eat. But it literally looks like bleach. And then you think about it, like, I'm consuming these. Even if I'm washing it, it's not actually washing it completely. So I'm like, it just tied into the fact that I'm like, if you take care of your body, 
you know, and then you go to the gym, you you're, you stay healthy and all that stuff, yeah. and then you take care of your mind, you're unstoppable. Yeah. That's the thing a lot of people miss. Even if you have a job, even if you have a job, you want to be the best at your job. I feel like a lot. Of, I feel like nowadays has bred a time where even oh, you know what? I'm just getting paid my nine to five. Just go home after I'm done. Sure, go home after you're done. But while you're there at your nine to five, excel as much as possible. You know what I mean? It's only going to affect you better in your actual life because the more skills you learn, the better it is for you, anyways. Yeah. You know, and I think psychology—the fact that you took psychology uh, should few credits. Uh, I wonder, no, but I know, but, but I wonder if it, if, it, if it helped you out at all in your sales world. Honestly, no. I learned a lot of it through uh, through customer relations. You know, just dealing with people and understanding how they think. And uh, part of it goes back to Rogers being a salesperson. I used to work at Rogers as well. Uh, two jobs. Fantastic training, though. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, Excel got some awards for Ottawa, gets, got sent to the Send Suites, you know, just because of my performance. But again, I didn't even feel like I was selling anything. It was literally l- sitting down with people, providing them solutions and, and tailoring the experience to what they wanted. Right? Nobody wants to be sold something they don't want. So that's kind of, that's kind of ties into going back to the entrepreneurship mindset is you need to take care of yourself. I'm not going to sit here and preach you know, I'm a, I'm a gym junkie. I'm a healthy guy. You know, I was, I was very overweight. You know, I don't like talking about that because that was ties back into why I was bullied as a kid. As I, was, I was very overweight, you know. And even uh, up until two years ago, I was not ashamed to talk about it. I was 264 pounds, you know. And 2018, there was a major catalyst in my life. Um, ended up putting it in my mind. I said, I want to excel in my real estate uh, industry. Uh, I want to be the best version of myself. And that was the catalyst to drop down to 206 pounds in a span of eight months. So that was, yeah, through, through dieting, through gymming, and I was in the best place in my mind. The millionaire morning, that's kind of what was the catalyst. And I got picked it up on various podcasts, and I'm sure you know what the millionaire morning looks like. You know, wake up, do, you know, do a little bit of meditation, read some books, go to the gym, have that you know, black espresso shot, get your morning started the right way. And your morning, and we both know this, is extremely important in the entrepreneurship because if you don't control your morning, the rest of your day is running a riot on Gone. Running amok. Yep. You know what? Let me ask you how your first year was. Let's talk about real estate. What was the, you know what? Actually, what was the obstacles you faced when you were switching from becoming a police officer to being a real estate agent? You know, it's, it's shifting the whole mindset of, okay, I'm getting into the self-employed world, the entrepreneurship you know, world versus the, the, you know, getting a cozy job, nine to five somewhere, nine to nine whatever it may be. So the main obstacle was just shifting the mentality of telling those around you, especially is, hey, I'm thinking of becoming, you know, this, right? And I was shot on. I was completely shot on, like not even by close family and, and, and things like that, but the naysayers. It's like, why would you want to do that? It's saturated. It's not a good time. It's, you know, it's not a good time for anything. It's never. It's never a good time. There's always competition. There's always competition in every industry, whether you're, you know, tiling, roofing, construction, real estate. There's, there's, such, there's saturation everywhere. And in Ottawa, it's, comp- it's competitive. 5,500 licensed real estate agents. So me looking up at that as, as a new, you know, fish coming out of, you know, the college, it's like. You felt nice, eh? I'm a realtor now. Felt nice. First year was a complete bomb, though, to be honest. <laughs> Tell me about the bomb. Oh, my God. How did that go? It was tough, man. I didn't really have the best mentorship around. And, uh, you know, Tom was always available to me. And then it was my fault. I wanted to be uh, the independent guy. I don't like to ask people for anything. I've never been that guy. 
you know, Tom was Tom made himself readily available and never really utilized him, didn't really go to the trainings. And I said, don't worry, I got this. I could do this myself. Turned out, no. You need, you need, I needed to sharpen my tools prior to getting in the ring with, yeah. <laughs> with the real world. And like, why not too, you know what I mean? If they're willing to mentor, anybody should take that. Do you yeah. feel like that was a sense of ego or pride or anything like that? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I say, like I said, I don't like asking people for, for anything. I've always been a dependent man my whole life. Um, people do use it against you. It's true. You know, you can never get to the next stage without people opening doors at the same time. Yeah. It all comes back to your network, right? So that was the main obstacle was just shifting the mindset. But first year, oh, man. <laughs> but thank God, alhamdulillah uh, for everything. When did you find your footing? Yeah. I'd say year two. Year two was the main catalyst. And it kind of went back to my, my ideology of shifting the mindset from being a realtor and someone who sells houses to, as corny as it sounds, being a farmer, right? And, and you know, we look at farms and how they operate. It's, you know, you got to get out every morning, uh, plant your seeds, nurture your crops, water them, trim the weeds, put the fertilizer, take care of it for four to six months, eight months, harvest, and then sell the product, right? Real estate's the exact same way. Your database, your clients, the people around you, as funny as it sounds, are like that. Every day, you, you have to plant seeds, you have to build relationships, you have to talk to people, and at some point, you're nurturing them to the point where, okay, Ahmed and his team are my top of mind, you know, they're top of mind when it comes to buying and selling. So that's kind of how year two and onward was my major catalyst, was I just shifted my mindset, did the things that I was, you know, started to attend in these trainings. These things taught me that. I was just about to ask you, did you finally start attending? I started attending. And, and how much of a difference did that make for you? Extravagant. I went, uh, I was uh, one of Remax's uh, Rookie of the Year at the time. I uh, was an award recipient of the 100% Club and, you know, all these shiny little toys, uh, you know. That's nice, these little accolades, you know. They are, right? And at 20, I didn't know better. I was 20, 21 entering the space. And uh, again, I'm a kid. I, honestly, I, I don't know nothing about life at that age. That's the oh. fun part. Yeah. That's the fun part. But reality. The adventure, the exploration, finding something new. That's what I love about sales is you get to interact and talk to different people every day. Yep. You know what I mean? I feel, I feel like that's, that's one of the funnest parts yep. about sales. You get yep. to meet all walks of life, some cool stories. Yep. I had a customer one time. He was... Uh, he was one of like the head something engineers of Bell Canada. And I didn't realize that all the military communication lines for the States were actually done by Bell Canada. He started telling me stories or whatever. I'm like, it's just, you wouldn't hear this randomly, you know? No. So it's very interesting. Very nice people, by the way. All made through networking. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah literally. And then now, finally, you've hit Icon Agent. This is your third time. Yeah, very, very grateful for that. It's a, it's a top producing, uh, you know, the top 1% in Canada and... You know, all these little cool things. But again, I don't even focus on that. It's a matter of dealing with the obstacle in front of me, dealing with the client and providing the ultimate tailored solution to that so client. So why, if I was a customer, why should I go with you? Well, we offer very specific and tailored solutions, whether you're buying or selling or investing with us, right? So we invest a lot more back into the home uh, versus a standard agent. Right? When it comes to marketing a property, we do very complex things like Google SEO marketing, paid Instagram ads, uh, campaigns, all in-house. I have a whole team for this, right? Staging a home. There's so much that goes into it, right? So 
really comes down to the, the time and the property that we have in front of us. We've got to sit down and really have that conversation, right? So can't just... Yeah, but anybody can have systems, but it comes down to the agent. They're hiring you. They're not hiring... Correct. They're hiring your team, sure, at yeah. the same time, but... You know, I put you a lot so of heart. I put a lot of heart into my... You know, I know in business, you're not supposed to mix emotion with business, but I feel like that's an advantage to me because when I'm on the other end and I have a seller that I really care about, which I care about all my clients, but in that exact moment... I can you know, vouch for that. I see you with your clients. Yeah. You know, my seller says, listen, my, my equity is extremely important to me. Why should I trust my asset with you? Because I'm ready to go to bat with you. I have a proven track record. I'm an expert negotiator, right? And if that means getting you an extra five, 10, 20, $50,000 to the finish line, that really makes a difference for me. So yes, anybody can put a sign in front of your house and list your house, but it takes a true expert to sit down, market the, the asset, and then negotiate and get it to the finish line and get you more than anybody else. That's where the true skill comes in. And I've seen you do it time and time again. I'll just ask you for the sake of asking. Yeah, no, I love it. It's, it's really, being, being an entrepreneur in this space is, is really a blessing. What would you say your biggest, what would be one of the biggest struggles in real estate for you? The struggles was, was getting the clients and, and finding out where methods of working. It's a contact sport. You can't hide behind a computer or in, in a closet. You got to get out, network, be a part of the community. You know, uh, I, I meet a lot of people at the SNMC mosque, you know, uh, very nice, you know, people. And it just spreads, providing good work. You know, people leave reviews online for you. And that's primarily where getting a lot of my, my traction now is. What do you have, like almost 100 reviews, five stars? About 120 Google, five star, rate my agent, uh, certified, Amazing. proven, you know. I feel like that makes a big difference. I feel like not a lot of people focus on the review. When in reality, actually, it helps you with your rankings as well. It really matters. It's social proof, yeah. right? I mean, when you're Googling various, let's say you're craving Greek, and you're Googling the places within five kilometer radius of you, you're not going to go to one that's 3.5. You're going to go to one 4.55 with recent relevant reviews. I guess that's, that's right. how I do it. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, and... And what do you think about today's market? Well, I mean, honestly... Like, what would your advice be? You know, let's say a guy like, you know, not a guy like me, but let's say a, a regular guy comes up to you looking to purchase a house you know the, the, the real estate market because you don't have yeah. a crystal ball you're not going to be able to uh, you can't no. 100% tell people Nobody like, can. what do you do at this point nobody know? can I mean because everybody sees the news what's happening right now <laughs> well purge the news that's first first things first is get rid of the news because they have these people are paid per click right it's, it's CTV CNN all these companies paid to get your attention, to click on the ad so you, you, know, so you can see the ads and, and, and make them some revenue, right? Clickbait, I don't believe in that stuff. I like to give it raw and uncut. I'll be very honest. Nobody in this world can predict what's going to happen in the next three months. Give you an example. Before Bank of Canada in 2020, they were telling people, oh, we promise we're not going to raise rates. What do they do? Right away. They raise the, they raise the rates. That's right. So what does that tell you about the credibility of these people, right? So as an expert in this industry, the way I can advise my clients is based off of today's time, what's happening in the current state of the market, what we may think is happening in the next three months, whether we're forecasting inventory, whether we're forecasting interest rates, and looking back at the last three to six months based off of comparable sales. That's really the ultimate way of valuing a property, right? So giving someone advice, it's if you're looking to buy, sell, you really need to sit down with an expert, number one. You need to find out what your goal is. If your goal from the get-go is to buy and hold you know, your property, rent it out, whether it's a duplex, a single-family home, whatever, and your plan was long-term retirement, 
you know, I don't care if this is paid off in the next 30 years. I know that I have a retirement goal in place. Then stick to your plan, right? But if you want to diversify, if you want to shift the portfolio, look at all these things. There's so many aspects that go into that question. It's a fully loaded question, Joey. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But my main advice to anyone who's thinking of getting into the space is to really sit down with a, with a professional, get pre-approved. Let's talk about the next steps. And what do you think about people selling their own houses? What do you advise them to do? Same thing. Consult an expert. You need, you need an expert negotiator in your corner. You, you don't have the time that, that goes into marketing a home. I'm sure you're, you know, they'd be busy with, it, with their 9 to 5s or their 8 to 4s. Hire someone that is going to have your best interests at heart, who's going to work around the clock to deliver that property to the finish line and get you the highest amount. Get the most equity out of that asset. Realistically, isn't there, isn't there a stat that says something to do if you sell your own house, you're always leaving like 30, 40K off the table? Or something There's like that? stats everywhere, man. Listen, stats, stats are stats, right? Uh, there, I mean, DIY jobs, you, you know that, right? Like you can't really DIY and get the same, same results from somebody who does this on a daily basis. No, I'd rather, right? have, an, I'd rather have an expert. Well, like I've been in sales my whole life, but I'm just saying... If I was in a position like that, I would definitely want to have something that can actually bring me more. Because let's say at the end of the day, I do leave 30, 40K off the table. How would you know? But at the same time, that means if I want to just hire an expert, what if he could have got me 50, yeah. 60 more? He would have paid for his own commission yeah. at that point. Yeah. It's not really coming out of the pocket. Well, at the time, you might have felt that this is the best because chances are you're working against a full service buyer brokerage who represents the buyer, doesn't represent you, the seller. Right? And you could be leaving a lot of money on the table because that person who does not represent your best interest has come to you and said, hey, you are leaving money on the table. Right? Or you're not. Oh, this is the best offer you're going to get. How do you know that? Right? Maybe you're just in a rush. You get, you're letting emotions get involved. Just do yourself the favor, man. Consult. Don't even hire right away. Just consult somebody who knows better, who does this you know, two, three, five transactions a month. Right? And the question becomes, who's more likely to deliver the best net result for you? Someone who sells one house every five years, which is the for sale by owner, private yeah. seller, or a licensed real estate expert who sells three to five and is social proof, five-star reviews everywhere, right? Who's more likely in that scenario to deliver the best result? Do you think, do you think flip properties are a thing anymore? Flips, like I said, Ottawa market has been extremely volatile. Now, that doesn't mean there's not... Uh, opportunities there's opportunity everywhere you just got to look for the right one right so with the interest rates doing what they're doing uncertainty up in the air i feel like if there's a there's a property and, and there's a right price for that property and you have the tools and the team behind you to get you the product you know hardwood floors granite countertops at cost prices and then you know very lucrative prices and you have the labor or the means to do it yourself there's always an opportunity sweat equity is a massive thing in this industry yeah yeah so we're running out of time. If people want to get a hold of you, where can they find you? So you can find me on social media, uh, Sold by Ahmed. Um, just Google my name, Ahmed Moharam Real Estate. Uh, I love the Sold by. It is. It is I love know. the Sold by because, oh, I did it first. I did it first. You know, that's the thing, right? Again, like, it's it, not catchy anymore, right? Like after like the first couple guys have done it. We, I it, think you were one of the first. I was, you know, and in and, and an industry where it's very hard to recreate new things, right? It's all about recreating the wheel. Nobody does that anymore, right? It's just, it's already perfected. Go out and do it, right? So, you know, I'm sold by Ahmed and uh, the original. And, uh, the original. <laughs> the original. You know, 
And uh, I think you're a fantastic uh, agent, to be honest. I watch you all the time. I've seen you around. Thank you. You're here every day. I see how you handle your clients. Highly recommend Ahmed for sure. I need a real that, estate. Yeah. We'll leave his link and stuff like that on the bio there and the description if anybody want to get some hold yeah. of you. And again, anytime you or the viewers or anybody need something, they can reach out to me. Again, I'm a real guy providing real resources. No bullshit. It's just who I am. And I want to talk about, uh, like I said, guys, the council is going to be coming up soon. We're almost finally finished the process. Like I said, we're going to be giving you guys real knowledge, real skills to actually get out of the situation. Don't be one of those guys that bitch or one of those girls that bitch about your situations, you know. If you want to bitch about it, bitch about it once. But then the whole point is, is do something about it, right? Be a doer. That's what we're trying to promote right away. Yep. We haven't talked about much of that stuff yet because, like I said, that content is going to be part of the council about financial planning and stuff like that. Tons. You know what I mean? Like I said, I have an, I have an incredible circle. This man's knowledge in stocks and all the other stuff and investing goes a long way. A lot of our team, a lot of our people, next week you're going to have my accountant, Samer Tommy, that's going to come on. I highly recommend. Actually, you recommended me them yep. years Great ago. Guy. That was the best recommendation I ever got. Stay tuned, guys. Like I said, when the council jumps on, jump on that. You are in a volatile time. Listen to real people that actually have real businesses. We're not online gurus. We're actually giving it to you straight. Till next time. Thank you.